Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we try to answer once and for all, what is the best comic book adaptation? Yes, be it movie or TV show, we'll watch it and rank it until we have our definitive number one. Who's we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Hello! So, how are you doing today, Mick? Oh, you know, I can't complain. It could be a bit sunnier, but yeah. I'm having one of my doing days today. Get up, do a podcast, go give blood, do some chores. Just general doing. Okay. Also, I do hope you can complain at least a little bit, because that is one of the firm bedrocks that this show is based on. Oh, once we get onto the subject matter, the floodgates will open. But in terms of general sort of existence, can't complain. Okay, great. Also, the geek I mean, show I'm... wrote it into my contract that I can't complain. All right, you're contractually obliged not to complain. That's right, yeah. Great. I mean, I'd, I'm I'm doing especially well because I now have my laptop on the left instead of on the... Oh my god, it's on the left like it was a reference. <laughs> see, see, we're firing on all cylinders I'm, now. I'm, That's looking, the... I'm looking forward to when the, uh, when the transfusion service later on Ask me where they would like where where I would like them to uh, extract the blood from. So on the left, and look at the blank face on the uh, attending transfusion service operator, whilst I chortle wholeheartedly to myself at my geeky reference. Yes, no, I'm, I'm sure plenty of blood transfusions experts will get that one fairly niche Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe reference. <laughs> But yes, if if you do also get that niche reference, uh, you may have already guessed that it is now time for us to put that tomfoolery aside and get our butts handed to us by people who aren't even super soldiers. Yeah. As we behold Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Oh. So yesterday, because it gets a new title on the on the final episode credits. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and I guess we're starting with the spoilers right from here. Yeah. AKA Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Not to be confused with Captain America, colon, the, the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. But yes, this is the 2021 Disney Plus streaming series created by Malcolm Spellman with all episodes directed by Kerry Scogland and based on the Marvel comic characters Falcon created by Stan Lee and Gene Colan, and Bucky, I'm going to say in air quotations, created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Because I think <laughs> really, this character like, is not Captain America's plucky teen sidekick from the 1940s. No. This is almost entirely the version that was reinvented by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting in like 2005, I think. Yeah. Um, where do we start? Well, I guess, as per usual, with the background. Yes. Uh, I, I believe we've mentioned before that neither of us are particularly huge Captain America fans. Dullest superhero ever. I mean, I do like that one story where he gets turned into a werewolf. 
Okay. So a beacon of hope becomes a beacon of lycanthrope. Oh, I like that. You did a little rhyme. I did. I did. Welcome to Poetry Corner. <laughs> With a John Cooper Snowden. <laughs> Compare me to Mance. I'm sorry, you're right. That was a step too far. Yeah. But no, like I say, so Captain America, not a huge fan of himself. I do, however, like a lot that kind of run I mentioned before by Ed Baker and Steve Epting, the one that introduced the Winter Soldier. Mainly because that's more like a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book in which Captain yeah. America just happens to be like a central character. I've, um, I've got a lot of... Uh... Sam Walker Captain America comics um, as part of my Civil War 2 run that I still haven't read. You mean Sam Wilson? Sam Walker is a, is a horrifying yes. mashup. Yes, sorry, Sam Wilson Captain America. That's how long it is since I looked at the covers of those comics but I haven't read. I mean, the, the title even says what his name is for you, Mick. They've tried to make it so easy for you. I know. I'm getting old. Too old, I've been told, to be still reading comic books. Well, tell those people to shove off, because otherwise I don't have a podcast. Well, I would, but they work in the comic shop. Hmm, that's that's an interesting (laughs) sales tactic. (sighs) Hello, I would like to buy these comic books. No. Don't get out, you're too old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they wonder why the print comics industry is dying indeed but yeah no sam wilson is captain america it's i like it as an idea i've, I've to be honest not read many of those comics mainly because civil war 2 i stayed quite far away from right yeah uh, i think the main thing i know him as captain america from is when he was kind of the leader of the Avengers, which was when I think it was Mark Wade wrote it, and that was that was again a book that I thought had a really interesting concept that maybe it didn't live up to, of just the idea of like it's the Avengers, but instead of all the characters you know, it's like you've got a Captain America who doesn't really know what he's doing is still trying to learn the ropes. You've got Iron Man who now has like lost his fortune. So he's just, okay, Avengers, we have to hang out in, like, this old hangar in New Jersey because that's the only thing I own anymore. (laughs) You've got Thor, but it's now the Jane Foster Thor, and it's like, oh, we have no idea who this person is. They're the complete wild card. And then you've got, like, Ms. Marvel, Miles Morales, and the new version of Nova, whose name I forget, as, like, the idea of, well, they're these kids who are going to be trained up to be the next generation of Avengers. Surely, but the new trained... version, surely the new version of Nova's name is still Nova. I mean his non-long <laughs> underpants name. <laughs> I think it might be Sam, maybe. Oh, that's just going to cause a whole lot of confusion. Oh, I got you right. I didn't even think it's got... You can't have two Sams on an Avengers team. No. See, that's what I mean. That book throwing out all the old rules. <laughs> but yeah, that's about my experience with Sam Wilson's Captain America. 
Winter Soldier, I, I know quite a bit more of because, like I say, like that, I read quite a few of his solo series as well. And they're always good fun. I, I like that he's, you know, got a metal arm. He's a bit sad. It's so sad. Melancholy is probably the word. He's a mopey git, is basically the thing. Yes, he's he's the kind of guy who, you know, stares wistfully out the window at the rain while he's cradling his ludicrously large sniper rifle. Do you know who he reminds me of? And and this is a this is one of those generational references, but it should be timeless. You remember Ted Stryker in the airplane movie? Oh my god, he is Ted Stryker. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> when he starts doing his memories of the uh, mission over Rio Grande. <laughs> and the guy next to him hangs himself. <laughs> that's who um, the Winter Soldier is. So that's why there's that, that extended sequence where everyone on the Falcon's little military plane just slaps Bucky across the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> my experience with the characters uh, covered in Falcon and the Winter Soldier are purely and simply through the, the MCU um, entries. Um, including Baron Zemo. I, 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 I know Baron Zemo from the MCU and the Lego Marvel games. And none no. of them are like this Baron Zemo. <laughs> no, this is, this is a bit of a different Baron Zemo. Yeah. It's a shame that Rob's not been able to, to do the show recently because this would be the point where he would then do an entire 15-minute rant on why he hates Baron Zemo based purely upon a single Top Trump's card. <laughs> really? Really? Because he had the worst stats? <laughs> well, I must admit, and we'll probably get into this after after the synopsis, but I, I, was, I was expecting a really big sort of almost transformation of Baron Zemo into something more akin to his comic book version, because uh, there was a lot of fuss made about the balaclava prior to the release of this series. Yeah, oh, but we're going to talk about that balaclava. <laughs> All right, okay. But yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely get back to Baron Zemo because he is a character who I, I like a lot in the comics because he is just full-on, like, very B-movie hammy supervillain. Yeah. But before we get to that, shall I give us a little synopsis for the yeah, series? give us a little synopsis. And by little synopsis, I mean fairly lengthy one because we've got a whole series to go there. So, following on from Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie, is struggling with Steve's request for him to take over as Captain America. Deciding that the responsibility is too much, Sam decides to hand Cap's shield over to the Smithsonian and continue to fight crime as the Falcon. However, this backfires when the US government decides to appoint its own Captain America Former soldier John Walker, a.k.a. Wyatt Russell, a.k.a. the old man from Up. 
After a big press conference announcing the new Captain America, Sam is confronted by Bucky Barnes, Sebastian Stan. Uh, Bucky has been struggling with adjusting to civilian life after being pardoned for his crimes as the Winter Soldier, and this frustration is only increased by Sam going against Steve's wishes. Despite their differences, the two are forced to work together to stop Carly Morgenthau, Evan Kellyman, and her radical group, the Flag Smashers, who are willing to go to nebulous extreme lengths to revert the world to the more unified it was that it, yeah, to the more unified state that it was during the blip. Did you forget words there? I did forget words. Oh. To, turns out all new and improved behold still has some of the same problems as old behold which is that i just occasionally forget how to speak so usually a group like the flag smashers wouldn't be too big a threat uh, however they are causing havoc after stealing a new version of the super soldier serum from a mysterious individual known as the power broker giving themselves the speed and strength that rivals that of steve rogers Sam and Bucky's efforts to take down Carly put them at odds with the much more militant Walker, but they do find a couple of unlikely allies in Baron Zemo, Daniel Poole, and the still-fugitive Sharon Carter, Emily Van Camp. Uh, things aren't going too rosy for Captain America, though, as he finds himself consistently outmatched by his opponents and struggles with the pressure of his role, leading him to use a vial of super-soldier serum on himself. This all comes to a head when Carly accidentally kills his partner Battlestar, Clay Bennett, and Walker snaps and ends up murdering a surrendering Flag Smasher in broad daylight. After this, Sam and Bucky forcibly take the shield back from Walker, and almost his arm with it, and he is stripped of his rank by the government. However, he is then approached by the mysterious Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, with a new job offer. Sam then speaks with Isaiah Bradley, Carl Lumley, a secret super soldier from the 50s who was thrown in prison by the government. Wrestling with the darker aspects of American history, Sam still decides to take up the mantle of Captain America. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, by which I mean the, the Sam Wilson Captain America who is the Captain America now, not the other Captain America who does show up as well though, uh, are then able to stop the Flag Smashers from killing them members of the Global Repatriation Council. However, in the fight, Carly is shot and killed by Sharon Carter, who does it in part to protect her identity as the Power Broker. Dun, dun, dun! Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Liara Tassoni from Mass Effect. Is she? Well, no, she isn't, but that plot is. Oh yeah, they're, they're both even called <laughs> the broker, aren't they? <laughs> well, all she needs is like the head tentacles. That's a phrase that never sounds good. Yeah. Although I guess that's more Hydra's thing. Yeah. Ah! Ooh. Anyway. Oh, what if we're Anyway, despite being against Carly's methods... Sam still agrees with her message and makes an impassioned speech to the GRC to abandon their plans for tightening global borders. And then, in a series of epilogues, Sam takes Isaiah to the monument at the Smithsonian, honouring him and other African-American soldiers, 
Bucky is able to make peace with his past, and Walker is given a new costume and the role of US agent. Meanwhile, Sharon plans to use her new position in the CIA to gain access to government secrets and resources, paving the way for Captain America 4. Which was announced pretty much as soon as the series wrapped up. <laughs> so, um, here's a question for you. Are Marvel now going through a phase where they're going to have a Captain America that reflects um, the political situation in um, the US? Because when when Sam Wilson took on the mantle in the comics, um, Obama was in charge. And then, whilst this was being filmed, Trump was still in charge and we got John Walker. God, yeah, John Walker, he is, he is the Trump's Captain America, isn't he? Which means now that we've got sleepy Joe Biden in charge, we'll be back to old Steve Rogers. <laughs> oh my God, yes, he, t- he has to take it back up. But he's still just a wrinkly old man. <laughs> As to, you know, like how Sam has the Captain America shield like attached to his wings. Do you think yeah. Steve has to do that, but to a Zimmer frame? Yeah. <laughs> and then when he uses it to defend himself, he just can't quite find the strength to lift it off the ground. And when he does, he falls over anyway, yeah. thus allowing the bullet to miss. Oh, I like that's almost like a Jackie Chan type thing, isn't it? He <laughs> just accidentally bumbles his way to victory every time. Yeah. Captain America is. Captain America's back, Mr. Magoo. Actually, can we recast him as well so that instead of just like Chris Evans' inexpensive CGI makeup, we just get Bernard Cribbins instead? (laughs) Uh, So, I found it quite forgettable, this. Yeah, I, I would say. I enjoyed watching it, but I got to the end of it and thought, oh no, I have to do a podcast on this now, and I don't have that much to say to about it. No, it, I think if it if this had been Captain America 4, and therefore had a runtime of two hours, sir, you'd have had an action-packed story. But because it's a series... You've got a lot of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan walking around a hotel room. Uh, Anthony Mackie and his sister walking around a boat. Uh, Sebastian Stan having some kind of flashback. And then some stuff happens in between all those. Yeah. I mean, good, yeah, that's, that's the point as well. You can probably boil down Bucky's whole arc to just, oh, I'm a bit sad that I'm about all the Winter Soldier stuff I did. I'll have an adventure. No, I'm not so sad anymore. Yeah. I've I've got a friend who I can hang out on his boat. That's that's good enough. Yeah. It's, and, and then... Uh, yeah, it was the... the 
Yeah, no, this this feels very much like it was a two-hour film that they've then tried to, like, work back into a six-hour series instead. Yeah, and it's... There was... It's one of those shows where it's it's like a return to the old-style 80s action series where there's a lot of gloss, there's a lot of um, highly stylized choreographed action sequences to detract you from the fact that there's a fairly thin plot and most of it is stuff that's been covered elsewhere before. Actually, something I did want to talk about with the plots is I think maybe part of the reason why it does feel quite weak and I'd say, I'd say fairly disjointed as well because mm-hmm. especially like the flag smashers what what are they doing yeah because like it just yeah. seems for most of the series they're just nebulously oh they're a, a thing that we've got to stop because they're I don't know they might do some bad stuff yeah but we don't know that and uh... The Flag Smashers themselves, I mean, Carly has obviously been portrayed as some kind of, like, you know, she's not a super soldier, she's a super millennial. She's, <laughs> she's got she's got causes, and she's going to fight for those causes the minute she figures out what those causes are and who's responsible for those causes being needed to be fought for. Yeah, she, she feels very passionately that there shouldn't be bad things. Yes. And quite frankly, if you're pro-bad things, well, boy, howdy, I'm coming for you. Even though I don't fully understand the ramifications of those bad things, and I only see the effect it has on me. Yeah. Does I think it's a problem with... Because we've not spent that much time like in that five-year gap. Yeah. And what we have seen up to now made it seem more... Like, it's it's practically post-apocalyptic. Like, things are just barely hanging on by a thread. Yeah. But now we've suddenly uh, got this... No, actually, things were, things were pretty good, maybe. And I think, I think that's the other thing that, that gets me about this. It, and it, in a way that it didn't get me about WandaVision. WandaVision mentions the effects of the blip and moves on. And these are shows that are based around comic books. And the whole th- the whole thing about comic books is that they're colourful and action-packed. And, you know, they don't dwell on things like what is the impact if 50% of the population disappears for five years and then suddenly comes back. They just don't. Because that stuff isn't actually exciting. <laughs> yeah. And also because that's the kind of thing where if you stop to think about it, that entire universe would fall apart. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's so for me, it's kind of it's something that I don't like is when comic book adaptations try to elevate themselves above comic book adaptation. Yeah, you it's know, almost a. 
it's kind of a, a, a like a have your cake and eat it too kind of problem where it's like yeah oh, okay you, you want to try to explore the ramifications of something like the blip but as soon as you start to that just unravels the fact that actually it in no way makes any sort of sense yeah but i think certainly that, certainly things like this can have bigger messages like i think a lot I, of the I, stuff, and i think that I think they do that with the stuff with the 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 World War Two super soldier Isaiah. You know that's addressing a bigger issue in a, in American society, and it does that bit quite well. But that's that's because that's character led, and if, if there's anything that you need from a series format rather than a movie format, it's that character development, which is why we've always said that the DC. Um, stories work better as TV shows than they do as films because you get complex characters that have time to breathe. Um, we've given Sam Wilson a bit of a backstory. Fine. Um, Sebastian Stan has to deal with some flashbacks which are shot in a way that don't they don't make it obvious that they're flashbacks until after you've seen it. So the first time you see the Winter Soldier in this, you think he's reverted back to his old ways. Yeah, which which I, I guess is maybe deliberate. Yeah, but... You, you've got to think that, you know, the Wakandans would probably keep tabs on him, and if he did revert to his old ways, it'd soon take him back. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, that reminds me of one of, like, probably the best scenes in it. Yes. Of just when he's fighting, like, Ao and the other Wakandan soldiers, and she just, like, does the little shoulder poke thing, and his arm falls off. Yeah. And he just realize, oh, right, no, you, you, you guys don't actually trust me all that much, because you've literally just had this, like, big failsafe <laughs> to shut me down at any point <laughs> if I went rogue again. <laughs> Yeah. And just this look of, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> Which is only eclipsed by John Walker's even better, they weren't even super soldiers. <laughs> um, and I think, I think that's the problem for me with this. Uh, there's, there's Kylie and her flag smashers that are like, they're like a super-powered version of the gang of teenagers that hang around outside the spa shop drinking cider. Right? And then you've got um, John Walker, who's the teenage jock, who has no friends and is really, really angry about it. And it's like, what's this? Falcon and Winter Soldier turn up and be adults at them. You know? <laughs> And even then, you know, Winter Soldier's like the teenage goth who just sits there moping. Yes, yes. It's basically about Dad Tin Cap America having to corral all these unruly kids. Yeah. I don't know why I went for Dad Tin Cap America in the end. I was trying to fold in the word Dad into Captain America and there were too many different places to put it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think the thing with the plots is there's kind of been a lot of rumours circulating 
apparently the series was quite heavily rewritten because of a lot of COVID type stuff. Right. And I know that they've mentioned there's been at least one subplot that they had to just entirely cut out. So that might be why a lot of it feels quite chopped together. I've actually was, seen. Was, was that the plot where uh, there was a point to Baron Zemo being around? Probably. Because I mean, I've actually <laughs> heard a lot of rumours. And there's a great, there's a YouTube channel called Nando V Movies that goes into it a lot. The idea that it seems like it could actually be the case that the original plot for the series was going to focus on like some kind of biological weapon or like disease outbreak. Because I mean, because especially like the first big flash smashes thing is they are stealing vaccinations. And then that just never really goes anywhere. And then it's Almost like, like they changed their mind and thought, oh, this is a bit close to home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, 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 oh, no, wait, no, we cannot put out like a big budget TV so, series with such a like near to the knuckle plot. And, and, and this is, this is, it, it's almost like if you've got to, if you've got to alter your series that much because of world events, you've got to say, just delay it until you can make the series you wanted to make. Yeah, but I, but I guess maybe it's because Marvel have already had to delay so much stuff. And they're just... Um, I mean, they're, they're all about having their like big overarching plans, aren't they? Yeah, but, you know... It's a, it's a big overarching plan, but that big overarching plan falls apart if the, the individual details within it aren't up to snuff because if you if you put out something like that Wonder Vision, it had its flaws, but you know, I'll probably watch it again at some point. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, if this was if this was like we've done with earlier things like, you know, Hulk two thousand and eight Um I'd be oh God do I have to watch that again. And, you know Whereas, if you're doing that with an old movie, with the exception of 30 Days of Night, you know, you're talking about a couple of hours out of your life. But to to go back and redo this in a few years' time, it'd be like, that's 10 hours. Well, no, six hours. Yeah, six hours. Six hours. Yeah, still six hours. You know, I could fit in half a lot of the Rings director's cut in that time. Oh, see, I, I certainly wouldn't say I'm, I'm that level. Like, like I say, I did overall enjoy the series, and I like a lot of the different parts of it. I just, I don't think it comes together particularly well. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it while it was on, but I wouldn't go back and watch it again. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like, I probably wouldn't, if I just need something to watch, probably wouldn't bother going back to it. Yeah. Um. So, Baron Zemo. Yeah, Baron Zemo. I mean, suddenly I will say, Daniel Bruhl, I think, does a really good job. And he has a lot of fun moments, like the bit yeah. where he's just talking about Marvin Gaye, or he's in the club and he's doing his, his terrible little dance. Yeah. But he doesn't need to be in this series in the slightest. No, and that's the problem. He's an enjoyable character in the series but seems completely and utterly he's almost like Indiana Jones is in his own 
This is his own movie. It's like, you know, these events are going to play out whether I'm here or not. I might nudge somebody in the right direction here or confuse somebody there, but ultimately, in the in the overall scheme of things, me, the big name villain within this context, I'm largely irre- irrelevant. Yeah, which is so... Because I know, like, there was so much stuff when the series was starting, we were expecting, oh yeah, like, Carly's going to be set up as the villain, but then we're going to find she's quite sympathetic. And then Baron Zemo's going to swoop in, and he's going to be, like, the real villain. Because he's the yeah. one who's, like, an actual threat and a thing that needs to be stopped, rather than just, hey, you kids, stop your messing about. But no, yeah. he just rocks up for like three episodes or is it four episodes maybe three or four yeah. episodes maybe turns everything suddenly into the Baron Zemo show and then they just go right you're done with the plot now book her off back to prison yeah it's like why what was the point um... I mean I think it was the same point as to why he puts on his iconic purple balaclava for one scene and one scene only, which is <laughs> so that they can make a new action figure to sell. Yeah. And this, I mean, ov- obviously, One Division, you know, did that quite a bit with the last episode as well, with, you know, her getting a new costume, us getting the white vision. But at least yeah. they seemed more tied to these, like, culminations of plot developments for these characters. Yeah. Rather than... Yeah, there was a logic to yeah. it, albeit a crazy, wild, division logic, but there was a logic to it. There was a conclusion to storylines. Yeah, rather than just, John Walker's the US agent now. Now we can make two action figures of him. Yeah, exactly. Um uh... You know, and there's other things like that. All the scuttlebutt on the internet is that the character, uh, the Contessa, is actually Madame Hydra. But it never mentions it. Yeah, I think that's mainly going off the fact that she was Madame Hydra for a bit in the comics. Right. And apparently... Again, the thing with the Contessa, it's another thing where COVID's kind of made it weird. Is that she's yeah. supposed to be introduced in the Black Widow film, which obviously originally was supposed right. to come out before this. But now, yeah. obviously, that hasn't happened. And so she's just kind of a random person who's shown up. And yet, apparently, the executive producer describes the Contessa as a funnier but darker version of Nick Fury. I mean, funnier? It's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Cry out loud. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Contessa's maybe a bit sassier, but Samuel L. Jackson is also pretty darn sassy. Exactly. So. Um, I've kind of, I've kind of ripped on this, haven't I, a bit? Yeah, you, you have. It's, it's, again, the problem is I should counteract that with the bits I've liked. But the bits I've liked are also... Yeah, the fight scenes were pretty fun. Yeah. Like, especially, like, the one... Hideously, where... choreog- 
hideously oh, choreographed. Oh, absolutely shockingly choreographed. <laughs> no, no attempt at making them look realistic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, hideously choreographed, terribly edited, but I, I like the ideas behind them. <laughs> Almost to the point where you expect that the director and the executive producers would all stood behind the camera with paddles going, Six! <laughs> <coughs> I'd say probably like the, the one genuinely good one there is, is I think when they are fighting Walk and like taking the shield back off him yeah and then just the bit where like they tackle his arm and you just hear a big snap as they take it off yeah although apparently not too big a snap because that arm seems to recover pretty quickly well you know is is that a super soldier it- thing does it recover quickly, or is he just that hard? I mean, I think it recovers quickly, because he does not seem to be that hard. <laughs> no, that's true. He, he's actually the worst Captain America. In, in so many ways, he's the worst Captain America ever, yeah. isn't he? Which I should say is very much the point of that character, which was kind of the same yeah. in the comics. of He is the guy who like, takes over when Captain America quits, and just absolutely cannot handle the pressure of it, and kind of goes a bit nuts. Yeah. Which I thought in episodes one to five of this series was done really well. But then you've just got this weird bit where episode five ends with like him bashing out his own shield. And the implication yeah. there seems to be, oh no, look at him, he's gone completely nuts, he's gonna show up again and just be this like absolute maniac. Yeah. Except then he he doesn't he shows up he throws his shield, which then gets broken almost immediately. And then yeah. they seem to like go for some weird... He, like, he saves the council and his eyes. He's not such a bad guy after all. And then he's, he's making some jokes with Bucky at the end of it. And oh, he's good old John Walker, who murdered a man two episodes prior. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mess. It has to be said. It is. This is. I mean, this is the problem. Is if like just the more we unpack it, the more this series is quite a big old mess. Yeah. Um. Now I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I guess to round it off with some more nice things for me is that I think a lot of the actors do a very good job, especially Anthony Mackie. Yes. Like, I think his big speech at the end is, is very well done indeed. And also, I like his Captain America costume. I think it looks very good. Yeah. I think it's the advantage it's, it... of it being like a more current design is they can pretty much just lift it straight from the comics. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. It's probably the most comic accurate um, costume so far, I think. Yeah, because you don't have to worry about like, okay, but how do we adapt this thing? It's got little wings coming off the head and massive pirate boots. Yeah. <laughs> right. suppose we ought to rank it. Yes, I suppose we should indeed. 
So I will pull up our list of 1, 2, 30 something if it wants to load. I mean, it's a list of from 1 to 30 days of night. We may as well just. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely 30 days of night. Don't worry, your position is safe. Yeah, you are still sitting pretty at number 36. Well, 37 after this one. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess... I guess probably the kind of area for me, then, is number 27. Well, actually, yeah, we might as well start kind of with the, the full list... Of things that I think are similar to this, where I've enjoyed it, but it's got a lot of problems. 25, we've got Atomic Blonde. 26, we've got Batman Returns. 27, we've got Wonder Woman 84. And then 28, we've got the Snyder Cut, which is definitely the start of the, no, this cheese has definitely just gone off pile. Um... I'm tempted to put it just after the Snyder Cut because the, the one advantage the Snyder Cut's got over this is it's two hours shorter. God, it's two hours shorter, but I just... I don't know if I can because it just it gets to that personal level of I hate Zack Snyder what? and I hate what he represents. Yeah, all right, put it above Zack Snyder Cut. Okay, yeah, we'll put it above the Snyder cuts, but yeah, maybe maybe put it above Wonder, but below Wonder Woman eighty four, because that I feel like yes, has again, more parts that do I, genuinely. I will watch yeah. that again. <laughs> yeah, and that one does genuinely have a lot more moments that make me kind of like smile and are genuinely enjoyable. Yeah. Whereas this this a lot just, I feel like doesn't really peek past. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. So there we go, our it, new number 28, Bucky and the Birdman. Yeah. I think it's um I think it's one of those where it's like, well that was really good. Now what's for tea? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like this show has helped me realise it's another one of the things that I tend to do with a lot of stuff is I'll watch it and I'll think it well, I wanted to enjoy this, so yeah I enjoyed it, it was good. But then when I actually start to think about it it's like, well except for you know all these big massive problems that it has. Yeah. So, what have we got coming next from Marvel? Uh, next up, I believe Black Widow's due out soon. July. Oh, wow, that is that is not as soon as I thought. No, I had a feeling it was like mid-May. Yeah, it was it was maybe it was probably supposed to be mid-May at some point during one of its like I, 70 different release dates. I, 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 I think I was still doing my uh, GCSEs when Black Widow was first announced. Um, so it's going to be Black Widow oh we've got Loki first oh we do indeed is that next month June 11th okay great well we will uh, 
pop back into the MCU with that then, unless we don't decide to do something before that. I'm sure we'll do something before that. I mean, you know, that's like six weeks. Or are you wanting the six-week holiday early? Like you were still at school? I mean, yes, but more work. With the sulky teenager, Bucky Barnes. (laughs) Yes, we need to take six weeks off so that I can go smoke behind Tesco's with Bucky Barnes. Anyway, I think that probably about does us for this episode then, doesn't it? It probably does, yeah. <laughs> so, if you would like to listen... Hey, look at him, he's terrible. <laughs> he's very pouty, isn't he? But it's an inward pout. It's like he's been in a fight and someone's cut his lips off. I still like you, Bucky. No, I mean... Walker. Oh, John Walker. Yeah, no, he just looks like an absolute doofus. Actually, just before we go, go, I will say, like, someone did do a little bit of a breakdown online of just showing, like, how his Captain America helmet is deliberately designed to just make him look as dumb as possible. Like, it's just, it's a bit too low down on his cheeks, and it shoves his ears right out and gives him this big, like, gurning grin. I'll be honest, one episode, I was looking at all the close-ups of him in costume thinking, has he got a rubber ear? Oh, could you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) As a homage to Matt Yes. Bring back the rubber ears. I'll just do a scene where it like, looks like he's had one of his ears sliced off and he just goes, don't worry everyone, yeah. it's just rubber. <laughs> Maybe you can pick it up and squeak it and it makes a little sound. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now that really is all from us. So if you would like to find more, you can uh, get all our episodes just on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. Uh, and if you do want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And also, if you are a fan of the show, we would really appreciate it if you did leave us a review just on your Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can stick them. Or if you don't want to, maybe just tell a friend because it is the best way to help us grow and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. I've been me. So long, and thanks for listening.